just hang out with her. Literally go grab coffee. Don't even talk about real estate. Just, I mean, you can, but just be friends with her. No, I'm not talking about like a marketing ploy, just sincerely, genuinely friends with her. Invite her for dinner. Just learn her. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I am here live right now with Lisa. Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Okay, so as you know, the Real Marketer podcast is uh, is every week we, we interview another realtor and we leverage a three-part scale engine um, to help them scale their business and reach the next level. We believe that any business requires three parts in order to scale a brand that sells systems and automations so that they accomplish more uh, by doing less or with less work and guarantee that they're actually going to be able to accomplish more and then eventually scaling your business through regeneration. So we're going to follow that scale engine to try to find the next big opportunity for Lisa to scale her business. Now, I, I apologize in advance for anybody watching this or listening to this. If you're thinking that the sound quality isn't quite the same as it normally is, I'm actually here on vacation in New York with my family and my brother, I'm in his office uh, right now. Um, and he does not have the same, shall we say, uh, AV equipment that I have at home. So I'm, I'm working on one laptop right now. I don't have a massive microphone pointing at my face. So I apologize if there's any echoes or anything like that. But hopefully it's all good. Hopefully you can see me. There's no delays. And uh, let's get right into it. Lisa, you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So let me preface something to you, Lisa. The point of this right now is obviously um, obviously it's something good. It's good for the the listeners and the viewers and the audience to hear what we're saying and then take some action steps as well. But my point of this is is, is really simple. Is as much as I want to do that, I want them to be the fly on the wall and I want you to be the hero of this 45-minute, shall we say, episode. So over the next 45 minutes, we are going to try to find the opportunity, but it's not something that sounds nice in theory that is never executed on. I want to make sure that this is something that you feel comfortable, confident, and empowered to actually execute on this. So at any point in time, if you're saying that, if you're thinking that it sounds good in theory, but not something that you can actually execute, I want you to be honest with me the whole way through and say, we need some clarification on this and that, this or that. Does that make sense? Is that a deal? Yep. Let's get into it. Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us the high level overview. Uh, well, I am in Cumming, Georgia, which is an Atlanta suburb, and uh, I've been doing real estate for a little over two years, and uh, from a totally different field. So, but I love it. Um, I'm always looking for ways to to build my business and um, make improvements. Um, but other than that, I have three daughters, and um, yeah, just uh, doing my doing my thing here. So you mentioned from a different field, you've been in real estate for for two for over two years. What was that other field? Um, I was actually an occupational therapist, and I was doing um, management in that area in the schools. Okay, um, I'm, I'm I don't know much about this. What does what does that look like on a day to day management as an occupational therapist? Uh, well, I worked for a contract company, so I helped um, place therapists into schools. Um, all around kind of the Southeast and um, also manage day-to-day -day stuff. So if they had any issues or anything, they would come to me with their problems and I would try to solve them and uh, that kind of thing. So your, your main point of contact with the actual therapists themselves and not, not the individuals who needed the therapy at that point. Yeah. At later stages in my career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And okay. So you'd been kind of promoted to that position. Yes. So beforehand you were actually a therapist yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were a therapist yourself and then you kind of promoted into managerial. So you worked for a company that was then contracted by 
by the schools then, yeah? Correct, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe this is relevant, maybe it's not. I'm trying to, trying to dig in a little bit, but, but the people that, I guess, were you in touch with the city? Was it like public schools? Was it private schools? Uh, yeah, yeah, the county level. Mm -hmm. I was kind of the go-between, especially when I was managing, I was sort of the go-between between the therapists and the, um, the for the contract company and the school system. So yeah, I would deal with like the directors of special ed and people like that. Um, as well as then working with the therapists. So it's kind of the, the middle person problem solver. And then before that, I, you know, worked with the kids um, with disabilities and things. And uh, before that, I worked with adults. So kind of did a little bit of everything in that field. So before that with kids with disabilities and then after and then and then before that adults with disabilities. Mm -hmm. OK. And, and um, again, we're getting personal right now. So tell me if you don't want to answer any questions. But why did you leave that profession? Um, well, actually, I had changed jobs literally right when the pandemic hit. Um, I just thought I needed a change. I went to like a bigger company with, that was more national based out of California, um, doing a similar thing. Although then they ended up sticking me on recruiting, which I did not love the recruiting. Um, and it was just a very toxic environment. So did not love that. Um, then they, they actually laid me off in June. I started in March, right when the, literally the day the world shut down, it was my first day of work. And, um, and they laid me off in June and I thought, gosh, I've always been interested in real estate. Never did it before because I had kids and my husband was like, why do you want to work nights and weekends when we have all these kids? And, um, so yeah, I just decided, you know what, the two are older and, um, something I always wanted to explore and I don't have a job right now. So let's do it. So I went and got my license and here I am. So basically COVID was the starting point of your real estate. Yeah. Journey. Gotcha. Exactly. And so, so the actual profession itself, meaning the actual job of being a therapist, occupational therapist, the work itself, you found rewarding. It was only, let's say the business side of things or where you were placed. That's kind of why you want to sleep, but nothing to do with the actual work, work itself. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't see myself wanting to go back. Not that I didn't enjoy working with the people and everything, but it's just not what I want to do now. So. Yeah. Okay. So now real estate is, and I'm assuming that's what you were saying. Real estate now is, is your calling. Yeah. For okay. Sure. So why do you like real estate? Um, I mean, I, I, well, that's a good question. Why do I like real estate? I, I like the challenge of it, you know, and, um, from all aspects, you know, finding the, you know, finding the people that you're going to work with and finding the house and then getting the deal done. And, you know, the whole process I really like, I really enjoy. Um, well, like no two days are the same. Yes. Yes, for sure. I don't like, you know, the, the recruiting thing, staying chained to the desk on the phone all day long. I mean, I can sit and do calls for a while, but not all day, every day. And that's all you do. You know, I like getting out there seeing the house, you know, showing houses, uh, all that kind of stuff. So just to, just to clarify, um, mm -hmm. you are fine. You are comfortable again within reason, but you are comfortable on a phone calling people. Yes. Okay. That's a big I challenge. mean, I'm sure I could improve, <laughs> you know, get my conversion rates better and that kind of thing. Um, definitely. Um, but I don't mind putting in the work and calling. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So what's it look like? 
until now, I guess for the past two years in real estate, what has your career looked like in terms of numbers, in terms of the day-to-day? -day? Give us any, anything that, that's important to you. Um, so I got started, you know, getting on a Zillow team with, you know, um, initially with a friend of mine who's doing real estate and she had a Zillow team. That was a huge bump because it gave me people to work with immediately and just like learn the ropes and everything. Um, but anyone that's worked with Zillow knows, you know, it takes a huge chunk. Um, then your, your team lead takes another chunk and your brokerage takes another chunk. Um, so I definitely wanted to do more, do different things. Um, but that was a great way to get started. So my first year, my first like full year calendar year, cause I started like October, but I kind of consider my first year like January. Um, that year I did, I think about 12 deals. Um, and then this past year I've done about 16 deals. Um, still get a, you know, I'm still definitely doing Zillow leads and some other online sources. Um, a few referrals, friends, you know, things like that. Um, but that's sort of what, what's going on. Okay. So year one, you had about 12 deals. Year two, you had about 16, which I'm sure you know is, is significantly more than average. Yeah. I mean, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think is, what do you think you're doing to get that? Cause again, the, obviously we want to improve, we want to scale, but that's not chump change. So you're, you're doing better right. than most. So what do you think you're doing to accomplish this, this level of success? I think this year I really improved on my follow-ups. So, you know, like tons, you know, there's all kinds of online leads out there. And I think the big mistake people make is not following up enough. Um, so I just made it a really big point to get good at that. Yeah. And, you know, just really following up with people. And I've definitely, I, I've closed some deals where I started talking with these people like a year and a half ago and now they've bought. So, so I know I've done well with that. I, I'm sure could do better and um, improve every all my systems for sure. But what does your follow up currently look like? Um, it's a little haphazard. So I'm kind of working on getting more um, like scheduled. I guess is the word for. Or, um, yeah. Anyway, it's <laughs> um, yeah, it's a little haphazard, but I just make sure that, okay, I haven't talked to this person in a week, so I better call them or email them or text them or all the above. Um, so, but I would like to get it more like in my calendar. Okay. Mondays and Thursdays are going to be my days of follow-ups and I'm just going to, you know, knock them all out. So and that's my goal for this year. <laughs> okay. So more, and, and, specifically manual like are you opposed to any of the automatic follow-up where do you hold with that no i'm not opposed to that um you know i have a lot of those people on like drip campaigns and stuff but you know you can kind of see like eh, you know maybe if whatever the open rate is it's not huge you know on the um email side of things um i guess i don't do as much on the texting so I'll get better at that, the automating. Okay. My brain right now is swimming. I'm just trying to build a, a journey from start to finish instead of just throwing ideas at you. Um, okay. Let's talk about who it is that you enjoy to service, right? Let's, obviously, as you know, the scale engine is three parts, brand automate scale. I want to look at the first part, which is brand, yeah. specifically the middle part of brand, which is messaging. So mm -hmm. 
messaging is who is your avatar, meaning who are you targeting, what makes you different, and how are you attracting those people? So let's answer those questions. Who is Who are you targeting? Who do you want to work with? Well, <clears throat> since I've been working on my avatar, I've, as you know, um, decided that I would look at people um, downsizing. So mm -hmm. people that have a house to sell and then they're looking to purchase for the next stage in their lives. Okay. And how old are they typically? Um, I would say like late 50s and up. So we're talking like, let's say, 58 to 63 kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, some of them could be older because sometimes people don't downsize till later in life, you know? Right. And so let's see, downside, I'm sure you know where I'm going with this, but downside into like assisted living communities also, that would fit right into your demographic? It would. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I think I know the answer to this question also, but I'm going to ask you, what makes you different and qualified to talk to these people more than anybody else? <laughs> well, that's hard to put into words. This is where I struggle. Um, I guess, uh, you know, being a friendly face that's going to, you know, really take care of them and make sure their needs are met and um, well, trying to take the stress off of the situation for them. I want to... I wanna... I have my own thoughts. I want to. I want to validate that, that they're fine. That that they're correct. So I'm going to kind of ask you. Okay. If we reach the same conclusion, me and you both reach out to 62 year old Sally Smith, mm -hmm. who owns a home right now with her husband, and she's looking to downsize either into a small little condo. Um, yeah, let's say a small little condo. I reach out to Sally, and you reach out to Sally. Who do you think Sally would want to go with? And why? I mean, you're a great guy, <laughs> but I think they'll pick me because um, of my background, I guess. And um, dealing, you know, working with older people in the past and understanding maybe the physical limitations that they might be having later down the road. So keeping that in mind when they're buying their next house. Okay. That's and I'm older than you. <laughs> So that's, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Meaning I would, obviously I would never ask your age, but I know that you're closer to that age demographic than I am. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's a lot of things going on first off, and I'm going to literally say your words back to you. When I say, what makes you different? First time I said, I'm a friendly face. I'm a friendly face. Well, yeah, they, you are. Man, I know that they pick you instead of me. I'm sure that they would. The reason is because you have your background right? Or ideally they would pick you instead of me, as long as we tap into the things that make you different better than me. So your background working, working in this industry or in these industries with these, with this demographic, you have experience working with older people. You understand the physical limitations later on down our life. So you can talk to these things. Now, just to be clear, you're not going to go in your marketing, be like, I understand that soon you're not going to be able to walk. Like that's <laughs> not marketing, but what your marketing might be as you're saying, as you're presenting opportunities, let's say you have, let's say in one of your email campaigns, it's all about why this condo or why this new apartment block is great for senior citizens, let's say. Mm -hmm. And a lot of what you're talking about addresses the physical limitations that will be applicable to them. 
you're now calling out a pain point before they've even fully identified it, right? So it's right next to a swimming pool, let's say, or they have a swimming pool on, they have elevators and a swimming pool so that you could, and, and let's say daily classes, you could do your, your pool aerobics, whatever it is. Like these are things that I might not think of because I'm not in that demographic. So when we're looking, who are you targeting? Well, you're targeting 62 year old Sally Smith, right? And what makes mm -hmm. you different? You've worked with, you've done occupational therapy or yeah, you've done occupational therapy. You've worked with adults in let's say the latter stages of their life. You've done all of this stuff. You have experience working in that and you know how to talk to things that I just don't know how to bring up because I don't know these people like you do. I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest difference. So again, just to clarify, this is not to say that your messaging is going to say something like, I understand the physical limitations. Because one of the greatest lines that I remember from my advertising school, which is like how many marketers actually go to advertising school, but I did. But one of the lines was, was um, there's nothing less cool than telling people how cool you are. So <laughs> right. you're not drawing blatant attention to the fact that you can, you know, the challenges, let's say, but you're just addressing the challenges. And then obviously what happens in their head is, oh, they get this stuff, right? So if for, like, I'm going to talk to them about like, let's say how beautiful, how massive the house is and like how, how they've got like sleek contemporary interior design. Again, I'm not telling them overtly that I don't understand what they need, but I basically am telling them that I don't understand what they need. So this is why the messaging is so important because you can talk to their things before they've even addressed it, before they've even brought it up. So that's a really important step. So now... Let's break it down, okay? So let's follow the scale engine. So we've got brand messaging as avatar. Who is your avatar? 62-year-old Sally Smith. That's just temp, a temp, tentative name. We'll call it whatever we want. 62-year-old Sally Smith owns a home looking downsized into a smaller place. Um, she's not quite, well, Sally maybe isn't quite old enough for an assist, for assisted living communities, but she mm -hmm. at least needs a lot of the, uh, like a lot of the same accessibilities as an assisted community might need, even though she right now is, is, a good few too many years too young for that but like i don't know eight years ten years maybe she's gonna need that so a place with a swimming pool like i don't know maybe she doesn't need she doesn't do water aerobics now maybe she's still going out for jobs or whatever <laughs> but mm -hmm. soon mm -hmm. but that's something that you can then talk about so again so it's avatar sally smith 62 year old what makes you different you have the background you you've experienced working with these people um you just speak their language you just know these things okay. what the physical limitations you can put that into your messaging and then the last part of it is what's your lead magnet? So we're going to put that on a shelf for now. And we're going to move on to the next stage of the actual scale engine, which is automate. So I'm going to make a note for myself here because we need to kind of address what the lead magnet is. But right now we're getting clarity on just what, just your messaging, right? Who you're targeting, what makes, does, is this kind of, you're painting a, a clearer picture about how you're actually going to target them? Yep. Okay. So automate, let's look at specifically nurture. Okay. Okay. Um, because I think that you said that your follow-up is responsible for a lot of the transactions that you've done this year, if you know it was, as you said, haphazard. Mm -hmm. so we want to take that to the next level. So how do we do mm -hmm. that? How do we continue to talk to these people? So what type of information does Sally Smith care about? Uh, let's see. If she's thinking of moving, she's going to care about what her property is worth, her property value. Um, and then she's going to care about her next stage where she's going to go. Okay. Does Sally Smith subscribe to any kind of magazine? Do you think? 
Uh, she might. Yeah, probably like, I don't know, a ladies magazine or something like that. Let's go get more specific. Sports Illustrated? Okay. Um, no. No, probably um, not. No, I knew not Sports Illustrated, but I, I want to. I Meaning in your head, something yeah. is obvious and, and it's hard for you to identify it. But when I say something that's off base, you know, it's off right. base. So, so. Right. I mean, it's probably not Vogue or any of those. I'm trying to think like, I don't know. Um, like home and guard, what, what, like better homes and gardens or something like that. Or, yeah, there we go. So, this mm -hmm. is one of your homework is going to be to figure out what kind of stuff they're reading. Okay. Because you're going to present variations of that to them. Okay. Gotcha. Once again, let's say tentatively right now, what they love is, um, let's say home and garden. Mm -hmm. That's what they love. So if we're going to create, and, and right now we're just specifically talking about follow-up, if we're going to be creating long-term follow-up campaigns, or better yet, I would even say a weekly newsletter, go announce mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. then something that resembles the same demographic of, of whoever reads Home and Garden, that's kind of mm -hmm. what we're looking for. So it could okay. be, let's say, um, like a, even if you're doing like in a neighborhood, like you're, you're showcasing a different garden every single week. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you kind of you sit down and interview the, the, the person who like has the garden and walk you through it. Like, I don't know. Again, this is why it's important to, to identify. This is this is why your demographic will go with you and not me, because I, <laughs> I this is not for show. I genuinely don't understand your demographic the way that you do, which is what that's your superpower. So I don't know, as I'm saying it, that this is something that your demographic would really resonate with. But let's say that Sally Smith really, really does love gardening, let's just say. And she mm -hmm. loves she just wants to hear more about it. You need mm -hmm. to get a part of these people. And then instead of just being a realtor, you're the person who showcases coming Georgia for that for that demographic. And then there's no limit to what I mean, you can do like a podcast for heaven's sake, where you literally just or like mm -hmm. a, say a vlog, not a podcast, let's say a vlog where you basically mm -hmm. just go to a different garden and interview the person who made the garden, like a nice, sweet, wholesome lady and show mm -hmm. them their cabbage patch and their tomatoes. Or, <laughs> again, I don't know that that's what Sally Smith is into. But these are the kinds of things where your job is not just I sell houses. That's not your job. Okay. Here. Mm -hmm. Help transition people into the latter stages of, the, of their life. The way that you monetize that is by selling their house and by helping them purchase a new one. But that's just the way that you monetize it. Okay. Right? Yeah. Does that make sense? So, <clears throat> so are you saying that I got to figure out what all they're interested in, which obviously, I mean, home garden is probably legit. Um yeah. And then video have different topics that would be interesting to that avatar, right? I don't know that it is video even, right? This is the thing. Like, I don't know what mm -hmm. Sally Smith does. I don't know if Sally Smith is even on YouTube. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But let's say she is on YouTube, then a YouTube video every week where you showcase a local garden. Even let's say, like, honestly, you could have like a different garden tip every week, like a way for them mm -hmm. to manage and nurture their own garden. Like, again, I don't know what Sally Smith cares about. We would have mm -hmm. to really deep dive into Sally Smith and you literally need to know somebody who is basically a version of Sally Smith and just talk to them, become friends with them, just speak with them all the freaking time, mm -hmm. learn things about them that, that again, remember the things that are obvious. Every time I talk with somebody, they say, I don't really have anything interesting to say. And then we, we always have the most phenomenal conversation because mm -hmm. to somebody who's sorry, the siren in the background, but to somebody who's telling you, information about themselves it doesn't seem fascinating or interesting but it really is i remember when we were first talking about getting on this call you were talking about like i don't know what i'll say like everybody says that like we're having no problem having a very nice i hope engaging an intellectual conversation 
because you're just being you and I'm just being me. It's really nice and simple. So if you just talk to them without any agenda, just figure out what they want, what they need, you will get mm -hmm. insights that are magnificent and they will, nobody in the world will like, they won't know that what they're saying is absolute gold to you, but mm -hmm. it is. So let's just say right now for argument's sake, because that your homework is to figure out what people like Sally Smith listen to, watch, whatever it is, how you can communicate with them. But let's just say for the sake of this episode right now, for the sake of the example, that Sally Smith loves like home and garden magazines and she really does love like DIY gardens. And inside of your mm -hmm. kitchen, you could have a different video every week where you either talk to a different garden owner or you have like, let's say, a, a, a home gardening tip of the week inside of your email blast, just something to get them to open it. And then it like nice, nice and simply ties back into real estate because it's like, I'm here to make your, I don't want to say home dreams because it's such a <clears throat> But like, I'm here to help you make these dreams a reality of kind of living in your idyllic home. Mm -hmm. if you want, if you want, let's say to create this kind of, I don't know, freaking Beatrix Potter, Roger Rabbit life for yourself. I, again, I don't know, but I'm your gal. Give me a call. Here's my link to my calendar. And then you're kind of getting in, but they just need to open up your stuff. That's really the most important thing. Yeah. Right. So if we're looking again, breaking it down, how are we branding yourself? Well, well, your brand, your messaging is Sally Smith. What makes you different? You have experience with these people. You're, um, you have a background. You understand the physical limitations. How are you nurturing them? You're giving them information that they would want consistently. I would also, by the way, certainly, especially, and this is, I think I do know for people this age, let's say, I think that people this age do appreciate a tech saying, hey, how's it going? it's been a minute or something like that. I think that they would really appreciate that. I think that they enjoy mm -hmm. having conversations of being kind of interactive with people. So for you to set up a campaign that goes out every three, four months, literally where it's a text saying, Hey, this is Lisa. Mm -hmm. You're friendly enough for them that you don't have to like say your, your full name and your brokerage, but even if still, Hey, this is Lisa Watterson from your brokerage. Um, I just wanted to check in and see how my favorite person's doing. How are you? That could go to everybody in your database. And then you could do four different variations of that to go out every, let's say, three months or so. And then you, at, the mm -hmm. end, at the end of it, you literally just repeat it. Now, again, I don't know what other kind of CRM other people are in. I know you're in Inbox, but in Inbox, you just create an automation, write four texts. So write yeah. a text, wait 90 days. Um, write a text, wait 90 days. Write a text, wait 90 days. And then you literally mm -hmm. just go back to the beginning of the workflow. And then it just recycles again and again and again. And you can have 50,000 people in your database and every single one of them is getting that text every three, four months saying, hey, how are you? And then just have genuine conversations with them. Now, this <laughs> removes the need for you to then go and call them all the freaking, like I would still call them, but it does remove mm -hmm. you to be so darn on the ball because you're still reaching out to them. You're still interacting with them, right? And it sounds really personal because you're not writing it as a mass text. If you say, hey, this is little Alyssa Watterson, we've got some amazing deals on this or that. Like, right. Then it's a mass text. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're just saying, hey, how are you? Nice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this is a big business conception. People think that the goal of follow-up is to remind everybody every single time about some amazing deal that you've got. Like, it's just about having conversations with people. So, mm -hmm. hey, how are you? We'll start a conversation as long as, I mean, as long as you're saying, hey, how are you to a demographic that would appreciate that. I don't think millennials mm -hmm. get a text saying, hey, how are you? But maybe Sally Smith would. But the text that says, hey, how are you? And then I reply, hey, Lisa, I'm great. How are you? I'm also, mm -hmm. you see my most recent episode, or maybe don't even talk about your most recent episode. But those mm -hmm. are the kinds of things that people would appreciate. So 
in terms of follow-up, what I would say is have a weekly email blast that goes out, which contains information that someone mm-hmm. like Sally Smith would appreciate. And for anybody who kind of doesn't understand who Sally Smith is, Sally Smith is just a name of a fake avatar that we just created during this call. So a weekly newsletter that Sally Smith would appreciate and a text that goes out every three, four months. Again, however much is not too much for Sally Smith, just saying, hey, how are you? Start a conversation. And then you can mm-hmm. manually take over that conversation via text. Even honestly, like a voicemail drop, right? Hey, mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. just reach out, say hi. But the idea is, is that you're doing more of these personal things that will then remove the need for you to have to keep on doing it man- manually all the time. Mm-hmm. Where there's automatic voicemail drop, there's automatic text, and you only do once every three, four, six months, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Okay. Yep. So that's now follow up. Again, there's a lot more inside of this because obviously the scale engine takes covers a lot more of your business, but I'm just <laughs> want to keep it pretty high level right now. In terms of the last thing, which is what's going actually going to make you money, I want to separate two things. I want to separate your short term success and your long term success. I want to start actions now. So I think when you mentioned at the beginning of this, that making calls is something that you're comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Here's the reality of the situation. And I apologize if I am offending anybody by saying what I'm saying. The reality is, is that this being the truth means that if everybody would just accept this and do what I'm about to say, then I would be out of business because we don't need any coaches, to be honest, if people would just do this. Mm-hmm. It's simple to be successful in real estate. It's very hard. But if you were to just hypothetically sit down and call people for eight hours a day, there is no world that you would not be successful. Now, mm-hmm. if people if people would just do that, then I would be out of a job also because people wouldn't need a whole marketing strategy around this. All they would do is just call people all the time and work themselves to the bone and make enough money to be happy. And then fine. I don't really like that vision because I want people to be able to live their life and enjoy their life. I also don't think it's so sustainable because practically speaking, people Because no one's going to do that. (laughs) You can do it a little bit. You mentioned at the beginning that that's something that you're comfortable with to some extent. So there's going to be right now, and just so everyone knows the dates and whether or not you're watching this live, it might not actually be live. Sorry, guys. But December 27th, um, 2022, that's the date right now. There are going to be a lot of expires. A lot of expires. Yeah. So- I would first off get on that, have a set date of, of expires that you're going to call, uh, like a certain amount of expires you're going to call. I would also, because there's going to be also a lot of people that are going to be thinking, I may as well just try to sell this myself. The market's basically going to be pandemonium. Mm-hmm. I would also call FISBOs for sell by owners. And as I'm sure you know, we've spoken about this, but the process that we follow is a four call process. And I'm going to go over that in a moment. So your ways of generating leads are going to be calling expireds and FISBOs. That's your short-term success strategy. And your long-term success strategy is going to be partnering with assisted living communities. Let me break those strategies down. So expireds is, I'm not going to get too into that. Honestly, I would look into, and anybody kind of listening to this, you know how much of a fan I am of a guy called Brandon Morenin. He's just a good guy. I mean, I don't know him personally. I don't know anything about him personally. But the information that he has is really good. Um, and I can I can spot a figure from a mile away, and Brandon Morenin is the real deal. So I would follow Brandon Morenin's concepts and ideas about how to call expires. When it comes to calling FISBOs, I we follow we follow a four-call process. 
the first call is basically just a conversation with the FISBO saying, hey, wondering if you'd be interested in, in um, selling your house to one of my buyers if you got the right deal and, and, and it made sense. Of course, yeah. Well, what is the right deal? What is the right price? Oh, well, that's really for you to decide. But so let's do this. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to present your house to my buyer. I just wanted to make sure you'd be open to it. I'm going to do my own CMA. Um, I'm going to present it to my buyers. I'll also send what I find over to you for the in the name of professional transparency. Which email can I send it to? To which they may say, well, I already have my price. And then you say, yeah, but I represent my buyer. So I just want to make sure that I'm doing my due diligence for them. And I'll share that with you as well in, in the name of professional transparency. So which email can I send it to? They'll give you your email. Good, get off the phone. Good, quick, 60-second, 90-second conversation. Next call, hey, I just want to make sure that you got my CMA earlier today. I sent it over, to which they'll probably say, yeah, it's a little bit lower than what we were looking for. And then you say, yeah, no worries, absolutely. I just wanted to make sure that you got it. Obviously, my CMA is just a researched guess, but at the end of the day, it's just a guess because the only thing that's going to determine what your house is worth is the market. So keep it on the same price. I will present this to my buyers. I obviously have to present my own CMA, but I will let them know that we had this conversation and that you're firm on your price. Make sense? Sure, good. Call them back afterwards, call three. You say, hey, um, so I spoke with my buyers. It looks like a great house. I'm getting the same kind of feedback. Great house, great space. Unfortunately, it's a little bit more than what they were looking to spend right now, but I will continue to pass it along to some of my other buyers and see if we can make something happen. Good. Call four, hey, getting the same kind of feedback from my other buyers. I just want to kind of get a gauge because I am seeing, hearing this from, from a lot of different people. Are you getting this kind of feedback from the rest of the market? Like, what are people saying? To which they may say something like, yeah, I'm getting the same kind of feedback, but I don't want to lower the price or anything like that. Or I don't want to take it off the market. Say, yeah, no worries. Absolutely. I wouldn't suggest that you do do that. I just want to let you know that if you are receiving the same kind of feedback from other people, before you did anything, you do anything drastic, like let's say lowering the price by a bunch or just taking it off the market entirely. Just give me a call because there are still ways that you can sell your house for more money without just insert rash decision here, right? Without just lowering the price by $200,000, without just taking it off the market, without just listing it with, I don't know, whatever that is, okay? So as soon as they say, well, what are some of those ways? That's when you've got your listing. That's when you've got your listing appointments. You say, um, what are some of those ways? And then you say, well, it's hard for me to discuss it over the phone right now. I'd need to really dig into, well, I don't really know you so well. I want to dig into what your goals are. And then once we get into that, we can see if we can make a plan that would work for you. Does that sound fair? Okay, fine. Yeah, sure. Okay, great. When can I come over? Like that's kind of the four call close four call process that we follow. Again, each of those conversations is about 90 seconds to two minutes long. Does that kind of make sense, Lisa, as a, as a calling strategy? Mm -hmm. Okay. You mm -hmm. actually, I believe you've actually leveraged some of the strategy before, right? Yeah, I was doing a little calling uh, Fizbo's and stuff. Again, that whole consistency thing of the holidays came and I kind of started blowing it off. But um, I did make some good contacts with people. Um, nobody was really rude. I mean, some people just don't answer their phone and they say, text me only. And then they're like, no, I'm not interested. But um, but I had some really good conversations. I'm still in contact with one guy and it's a million plus dollar property. Um, oh, from this, from this four code. Yes. Code. Yeah. There you go. So anybody listening so, to this validation as to whether or not this works, <laughs> there's your validation. Listen, you're mm -hmm. following the process that I just laid out for you, right? You're already following that process. Yeah, we're kind of past that already, so we'll see. Okay, great. So there's your validation. Yeah, it could still happen. So you know, I it's a success. You know, I didn't didn't you know rope them in right away, and maybe a stronger salesperson would have uh, you know 
hook, hooked him, but you know, he, he's talking to me. That's all I can ask for. He answers my calls and texts me back usually. So. Great. So just continue to add that value. So that's, that's basically going to be your short-term success. Okay. So, so mm -hmm. that's your short-term success. The long-term success is as follows. Like I mentioned, we're going to partner with assisted living communities. So I know that you know the strategy, but let me just kind mm -hmm. of say this for the listeners and the viewers then. The strategy for assisted living communities is as follows. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to design brochures about yourself. Let's say use a template on Canva. And it's all about how you're a local realtor and you help elderly senior citizens, whatever it is, transition into, into assisted living communities and help them in the latter stages of their life. When you have that brochure created talking more about the benefits of assisted living communities and assisted living. Um, when you have those brochures printed out, here's what you're going to do. You reach out to assisted living slash independent living communities and you say, hey, my name is your John Doe. I work with local, um, I'm a local realtor. I work with uh, uh, senior citizens in this area. And one of the things that I do is I help them transition into the later stages of their life and transition into assisted living communities or independent living communities like yours. I was wondering, because I'm looking to build my professional network, when would be a good time for me to come in and get a tour of your place? Now, you flip the script on them that they believe that they're selling their community to you, which should tell you the truth. They are because you're not going to sell. You're not going to refer your clients to their, their facility, their community, if it is not good enough for your clients. So then you get your tour. Remember, for context, the people who you're talking to who are going to give you the tour, all they think about, just like as realtors, all you think about is getting more listings and more transactions. All they think about is filling their beds. That's all they care about. So you're going to get take this take this tour, and at the end of the tour, right, be sincerely, genuinely interested. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, I like how you did that. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, okay, talk to some of the residents. At the end of it, you say, looks awesome. I will definitely be referring people to this place. Obviously, if you know of anybody else that needs to sell their home before moving in, which they will because these places are not cheap. So if you know anybody that needs to sell their home and needs to speak to a realtor, here's some more of my information. Give them the brochures. And then go your separate way. If you can do that with, let's say, 5, 10, 15, 20 assisted living communities in your neighborhood, even if each community sends you one, two listings a year, which they'll have access to a lot more than that, that right there is well enough to make a career on. If you're getting 40 listings a year, let's say, because you've reached out to 20 assisted living communities, then all your marketing strategy basically has to be is speaking with assisted living community marketing directors all like every other week. I wouldn't automate that follow-up. Um, I would certainly go and speak to them manually and make sincere relationships with them. But that's kind of what I would do for long-term success. So let's break it down and then start to finish then. Before I do, before I break down the entire map, how does this sound? How does this seem? Good. And <clears throat> as you know, I've, I've done a little bit of this already, but I don't think I had as good a script down, you know what I'm saying? Like, cause we were kind of new at it and I was just flying by the seat of my pants. So I think having them be selling, they did, they were definitely selling their facility to me. You know, that yeah. was definitely a thing. Um, but I think I could dial it in a little better and then definitely I could be following up better for sure. So remember to maintain that because let's be real right. here. Who do you have more interest in talking to? The people who you're selling to or the people that are trying to sell something to you? That I'm telling to. <laughs> They're no different. And so if they smell that mm -hmm. you're just trying, if they think that you're playing them, they're done. They're done with you. Mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. you have to maintain a sincere interest in their place and you mm-hmm. are genuinely interested and you will refer people to them should the opportunity come up, mm-hmm. right? Not lying about this. And even like, let's say in some of your marketing endeavors to prove it to them, talk about their facility on Instagram, but build that relationship, sincerely relation, sincere relationship with them. But that's kind of the idea. And so mm-hmm. if you're going in there and all you're talking about is yourself and you're never asking how they're doing, how their facility is or their, their community. The other mm-hmm. thing is, by the way, also, I love people love to be asked, what does your day look like? Or what does what your job look like on a day-to-day? So if you're speaking to the marketing director, how are you currently getting more people to your bed? Oh, well, that sounds really hard. Okay, it sounds like there's a lot of work going on. Um, the other thing is everybody kind of wants to be like a hero in their story. So if you could say something like, it almost sounds like there's no rule book or no, no, uh, no SOP for you to follow to do what you're doing. You kind of just have to be innovative all the time, just solve problems, just by doing your own problem solving and leveraging your own problem solving abilities. Like people would love to hear that. Cause like, yeah, it's crazy, but you know what? This is why they pay, this is what they pay us for, but I love the job. Like, so just kind of something. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's, here's from start to finish then. So brand automate scale. So brands, what does that look like? Remember you're talking to Sally Smith. Mm-hmm. What makes you different is you have background um, with, with working with this demographic. You understand their physical limitations um, everything that you kind of mentioned before. And in terms of your lead magnet, I think we spoke about this on another call one time, but I would say what does 62 year old, let's say Sally Smith care about more than anything in the world, her grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so if you have like, let's say a frame that goes on a magnet, uh, sorry, a frame that goes, a magnet frame that goes on a fridge. That's what I meant to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Information on there, you can get them on Vistaprint. Honestly, if you want to guarantee that they'll put it on their fridge, literally send them, like, give them a picture of it, like, ask them, say, this is what I'm doing right now. I'd love to get a picture of, I'll get a picture of your grandkids printed out for you. Um, But basically just give them a frame to put on their fridge, to put their Mm -hmm. their families in, and then their information is always there. So that's what I would do as your lead magnet. I know it's not fancy. It's not like a three-step guide that's going to be a PDF, but you're not talking to a a technologically sophisticated audience. You're talking to six, two-year-old Sally Smith. So how am I finding these people to give them those magnets, though? That's the million-dollar question. Well, let me ask you. Let's simplify mm-hmm. this, right? Because yeah. like, you know I don't like the term digital marketing. It's just marketing. And marketing is very simple. You just need to know the person that you're talking to. So where are they? Where is Sally Smith? Like right now, Tuesday morning, where is she? Home? <laughs> At her house? Oh, <laughs> Not talking to me? What's the next thing she's going to? Oh gosh. I mean, grocery stores, maybe the senior center. We did talk about that a little bit. Um, let's see. I don't know. Shopping. Well, you mentioned a couple of ones, right? Mm-hmm. You mentioned the senior center. You mentioned shopping. Like this, this is where these people are, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. figure out where they are. The assist, the senior center is a really simple one. All you got to do there is go and play rummy cup with them. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Take, take you. Remember when I said make friends with Sally Smith? Mm-hmm. So I don't know who Sally Smith is to you, but find a Sally Smith, find your Sally Smith, become friends with them and have them mm-hmm. and treat their friends and just literally treat them like, like, here, here's the thing. This is Donald Miller's has a framework called Story Brand, right? So Donald Miller's framework, he has a really simple kind of way of looking at how marketing works and storytelling works, and it's brilliant. In most stories, in fact, in every story, basically, in every movie, there's a hero and there's a guide. Okay, so in, let's say, Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is is 
Is he the hero? He's the hero. Yeah. Yoda's, Yoda's the guide. Right, 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 right. Yoda's the all-powerful being that's been there, that's done that, and will help the hero succeed. Mm-hmm. In your so, who do you fall? Who do you root for? Do you root for Yoda or do you root for Luke Skywalker? Mm, Luke Skywalker, right? Right, he's the hero. You're rid of him. Harry Potter, Dumbledore's the guide. Harry Potter's the hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are the guide. Nobody wants another hero in their story. So, who is your hero? Okay. Who is your uh, hero? My avatar, Sally Smith. Sally Smith is your hero. So treat mm-hmm. Sally Smith as your hero. Take her places. Show her things, right? She wants to go to the community center and play Rummy Cup. You're going to take her to the community center and play Rummy Cup. You're going to be friends with Sally Smith and Sally Smith's friends. And that's it. And you just learn about them. So I don't know where Sally Smith is because that's not my demographic. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to possibly try to talk to people like Sally Smith, you got to know exactly where Sally Smith is, where they're convening. Don't try to reach Sally Smith on TikTok by dancing on <laughs> On TikTok, like Sally Smith isn't there. I don't know. Maybe she is. I'm. I haven't done right. the, the the target research on that, but I would. She's assume. probably on Facebook, though. Probably on Facebook. There you go. I mean, again, mm-hmm. I don't know Sally Smith, but that's. I know that my Lynette is my avatar. I know Lynette's on Facebook, right? So, mm-hmm. so that is basically the. Okay, so now let's look at it from start to finish, right? So, brand automate scale is a scale engine. This is what your scale engine looks like. When we're looking at brand, and again, I'm not going to do identity. I'm not going to do marketing part of brand. I'm just. So yeah, I'm not going to do identity or marketing. I'm just going to look at part two of brand, which is messaging. Sally mm-hmm. Smith, your avatar, what makes you different is your background, working with these people, everything that we mentioned. Your lead mm-hmm. magnet, in my mind, is honestly just going to be the magnetic frame. Okay. And if you think of anything else that people like Sally Smith want, send them that. Okay. Could, for example, subscribe to my newsletter. I don't like subscribe to my newsletter as a, as a lead magnet, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think people would just rather have a picture frame with a mag, like a magnetic picture frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if we like, it's probably more beneficial for you to get someone's name and email to subscribe to the newsletter, but it, the lead magnet isn't for you. It's for them. So think what they want more than anything. Okay. Right? In terms of how we're automating your process, I would say an email newsletter with the stuff that they want to read about or hear about. For example, mm-hmm. it's, if it's um, the home and garden stuff, then let's say you could feature a different garden every single week. You could do a, a vlog and then each week basically say, here's the new episode of my garden, uh, my, um, I don't know, my gardening and coming vlog on YouTube. Here's the most recent episode and you can link to it again. I don't know what Sally Smith reads or cares about, but a weekly email newsletter for Sally Smith. And I would also certainly consolidate things. So if you are doing a vlog, then it's not a vlog and then a separate email totally. The vlog should Together. be exactly has the new. link to the vlog. Exactly. And that way you're not working. Right. That way, instead of writing a whole new email every single week, you're just writing an email saying, here's the video that I made. Go watch it. Yeah. Right. And obviously also at the end of every email, you're saying, here's a link to book a call with me. And that always goes out. Okay. I would also do every six months or so a text or a voicemail that says, hey, this is Lisa. How are you? Just wanted to check in and see how my favorite person's doing. Something like that. Something again in a language that mm-hmm. Sally Smith resonates with to have more conversations with as many Sally Smiths as possible. Mm-hmm. Remember, you're their guide. This is the thing. Okay. Like, this is this. It's a really important step. Like people like think that they're they're screwing over t- that they're taking advantage of these timeshare places because they're just getting a free vacation. I'm never interested in buying, but I have to pretend I'm interested in buying. You think these people are stupid? You think they think that you're interested in buying? No, they know that you just want the free stuff. And they're fine with that. You're fine with the fact that Sally Smith is maybe in her head, she's not interested in selling her home. Maybe she isn't. Mm -hmm. Maybe 90% of them aren't. But you're Mm -hmm. 
as many conversations with salesmen as possible because maybe 2% of them are interested in selling. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's your follow up. Okay. Your, your last part, which is scale, which is going to be the money making endeavors, and it has to go in this order, is the short term follow up is the expires and the for sale by owners. Calling, set yourself a time for like an hour a day. Um, and then the assisted living community strategy. Now, one more point to note before we kind of bring it full circle, before we kind of wrap this up. The important step is about the calling, as you mentioned before, was consistency, right? Yep. This year, there's going to be a mass exodus from this industry. Mm -hmm. if yes. All you have to do is literally worship that hour a day and not let anything, that time is sacred to you. Mm -hmm. Don't let anything get in that way. And if you're going to do book a showing, if you booking a showing that morning at that time means that you're mm -hmm. not going to call that day, then book a showing later on in the day. Like, I understand that for short, like for right now, maybe a showing might lead to money and a calling might not. I don't know. But the point is, is that the second you let yourself <laughs> those phone calls, you're done. Yeah. It's, it's a big year for that. And there's no, there's no way around it. There's no, like, there's no strategy around. It's just show up just every day. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, so that for, and, and then, like I mentioned, then the long-term success is just doing as many of those senior citizen, uh, sorry, assisted living community strategy as possible. I know there was a lot that we kind of broke down. We've only been on the call for like 50 minutes, almost not even. And we literally built new brands, created a follow-up marketing strategy, and then a scale lead generation strategy. How are you feeling about all of this? Good. I feel pretty solid on it. Anything overwhelming? Anything that's going to uh, I mean, I haven't like the vlog stuff and the weekly email. I mean, I've been intending to do a weekly email for like a year and a half and I still haven't done it yet. So the actual getting those things done and, but yeah, that's what I need to do. So let's take a couple minutes just to talk about that. If, if that was not overwhelming, would the entire process look doable or would it still feel overwhelming? Um... I don't know. I mean, it's a little overwhelming just because there's a lot to it, you know, but I mean, I don't want to be one of the people that gets out this year. So I got to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about, let's talk about what does Sally Smith actually want to read. You mentioned the home and garden. Is that something, is that, is that we're set on that? Um, well, my other idea actually, and this might be stronger than the home and garden, um, is pickleball. That's nice. a really big deal. And my husband and I started playing kind of in the, you know, that we could do something together, but also networking. So um, now, of course, it's been a little cold, so we haven't been playing, but like I'm already there meeting the people. So yeah. step one is already done. Um, and then, you know, as I'm meeting them, hopefully get to know people better and establish those relationships more. I don't have any of their personal information. So that's a little tricky. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm writing down the exact steps that you need to take. Okay. Um, give me a moment. Okay. So these are the steps that you need to take. Step one is, well, it's really two step one. I'll do step one. Okay. Step one is start calling. 
today, okay. tomorrow, doesn't matter. You mean tomorrow. expireds and FISBO, so you're talking about. Yeah, like you need, yeah. you need to monetize. A freaking yep. snap. Yep. Right? Calling. Immediately after that, and I would even say concurrently, mm -hmm. step 1B, let's say, would be meet Sally Smith. Just hang out with her. Literally go grab coffee. Don't even talk about real estate. Just I mean, you can, but just be friends with her. No, I'm not talking about like a marketing ploy, just sincerely, genuinely friends with her. Invite her for dinner. Just learn her. Like be obsessed with her. Mm -hmm. Don't be arrested, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Okay. Once you've met with Sally Smith, identify your email newsletter. And you mentioned Pickleball. I actually thought of another one. I know senior citizens love events, things happening mm -hmm. there, love to be social. So even if it's like what's happening and coming this week and then you have like a different thing. Right. Okay. That That's good. One. So wait, are we at step two? I'm making notes here. Yeah. Oh, let's do, let's do meet. Step one is call a FISBOS and expires. Yep. Is, step one A is meet Smith, Sally Smith. Sure. Yeah. So we'll do one okay. A and one B then. Step yep. two is identify what you're, what's going to be inside of your email newsletter and figure out what your lead magnet is going to be, meaning what are you going to be able to give to people? And it could be, let's say, for example, the gift of the frame. It could be subscribe to my email newsletter. Another thing, and this could be down the line, is let's say you want to start running your own Mahjong nights and they need to register. So you got, grab their email address. That's another one, but like that, that's online. So identify where your email newsletter is going to be and what mm -hmm. value you can provide up front so that it's not an awkward conversation that you're saying, can I, do you want to buy or sell your home? Instead, you're saying, can I give you a fridge magnet with a, like that you can put your family inside, just as an example. So okay. that's step two is, is email. Uh, sorry, step one is call. Step two is meet Sally. I don't know how we broke it down. It's fine. Step one A was call Fizbo's and expired. Step one mm -hmm. B was and befriend Sally Smith. Mm -hmm. 2A is identify your, your what, what content is going to be in your e-newsletter. 2B is going to be identify what your lead magnet is going to be. Step 3 is going to be create your email newsletter template that every single week, the only thing that changes is the words inside of there. The design looks the same. At the bottom of it, it says book a call with Alyssa here, and it's going to have okay. a link to the calendar at the bottom. But create that template. That all you have to do every single week to send an email is just change a paragraph inside of it. That's it. Okay. And then step four is uh, the assisted living communities, meaning get your brochures done, which I know we've created one for you already in the inbox. Do your, do your assisted living communities. Um, get the brochures printed out. Um, book appointments with these places. Go on as many tours as possible. If you can get all of those running all the time where every single day, Let's say you've got assisted living communities that you're booking appointments with. You're sending out email newsletters, right? You're calling expires and FISBOs. You're having coffee or lunch with Sally Smith. Mm -hmm. I swear you will be so successful this year, but it requires consistency. This is not a quick fix. Consistency, yep. This is not a quick fix. And, and like in, in 12 months from now, if you did this for a month, you're going to be sitting at around 10 to 15 transactions <laughs> because the market's slowing down. But if you're doing all of this, this is going to be a big freaking year for you. Mm -hmm. And I'm just honored to be a part of it. So does it, what, what in terms of overwhelm, one being like, let's say, I don't know, how are you overwhelmed or does this, does this feel like something that you can do? Um, no, 
I'm not overwhelmed right now. I guess the like sitting down to making the newsletter template, for instance, I'm really hoping that you have something and you're just going to send it to me. <laughs> I actually do. Again, like I, I make a point to make sure that these podcasts aren't just like promos for, for in a box. Yeah. But now that you brought it up, yes, I have a template for you that you can use. So now okay. that that's taken care of, do you feel overwhelmed? Yeah. Um, no, not really. The The meeting Sally Smith part, I'm a little like, okay, how am I going to do this and make friends with these people and whatever? Um, Let me correct you. You're yeah. not making friends with these people. You're making okay. friends with this person. One person. One only. That's why we do the avatar the way we do it. You mm -hmm. can meet, and, and you probably already know somebody like Sally Smith. Do you? I don't know. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. Do you? I'll have to think of. I'm sure I do. Does do any of your parents? Is are your parents Sally Smith? I'm not saying make friends with your parents. That's right. Me. Yeah. I mean, my mom kind of is. She's a little older, but. So maybe yeah. go have lunch with one of her friends. Let's say maybe ask mm -hmm. your mom if she can introduce you to someone or something like well, that. Well, she does go to the senior center, so maybe I'll oh, go with her. But I think I think I told you though. There's uh, she told me the other week. There's some other real estate agent who's like my age that has gone to the senior center. <laughs> go That's to okay. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying just even to just go there and just just sit down with them. Go. Do, oh, here's one. Oh my gosh. Do these places have have um have like cafeteria like a cafe? Hmm. It's more like a um like a church hall kind of place that they meet. I think. So find a place that- And has then they go to lunch afterwards. That's what my mom does. Find I know around me, we have like an assist, a senior senior living community, whatever, and they have like a, a cafe and there's this really wholesome grandmother that's making grilled cheese sandwiches inside of this kitchen and everybody just mm -hmm. talks to each other. So if you could go to a place like that, let's say, and mm -hmm. just have lunch there and just talk to somebody there and literally just strike up a conversation and mm -hmm. and really like make sure that the person you're talking to is, is just loves to have attention from somebody. Because there's, there's, you're going to find somebody like that, I think, pretty easily. Just talk to them and then say, you know what? I had a really nice time. Can we schedule a time? Maybe I'd love to come back and just – I just had such a nice time talking with you. Can we have lunch maybe in a couple of days again? They'll mm -hmm. probably say yes. And then that's your Sally Smith. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Lissa, it's been an absolute blast. It's uh, It's been a pleasure doing this with you. And I appreciate your, uh, I would say, courage and vulnerability being able to come online like this and share with the world what's actually going on in your business. Um, and like I mentioned, if anybody if anybody does want to be on uh, the next guest in the Real Marketer podcast uh, and also receive an hour of live free one-on-one -on -one coaching, as long as you're able to be vulnerable and kind of share the intimate details about what's actually going on in your business, uh, no, no pull punches here, um, then DM me. Um, and if you are looking to kind of scale your business and you just kind of want to jump in with both feet, as Lisa has already, um, then go to goinabox.com slash call to book a time to talk. Um, and yeah, if, uh, if that's what you're going to do, then we look forward to connecting with you and hoping, hopefully uh, welcoming, you in, welcoming you into the Inabox team. Until next time.